Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. I am so excited today, um, as I always am. I've had so many amazing people who are just doing great things in life, and today is no difference. No different. Uh, we have Elise Jones today. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Todd. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> excited for people to hear your story today. Thank um, you. I do want to thank um, our sponsor, uh, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me. And then I just want to say thanks to all the listeners for taking the time. I know there's a million podcasts out there, but I, I, I'm grateful for, the, for all of you for supporting this one. Because again, it's not about me. It's about our amazing guests who have overcome and are doing great things in life. And it's inspiring to me to hear these stories. So thanks to all of you. So a little background on Elise. Um, she is the founder of Utah Yoga and Wellness. And you've been teaching uh, you know, for 18 years, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. Just about, yep. And, you know, uh, yours isn't just a yoga studio. It's, I mean, it's kind of like the one-stop shop for everything. It's, you do retreats. Mm -hmm. You do, you know, mindfulness stuff. Um, yes, meditation, you know, meditation and massage and foot zoning and yeah. nutrition and Ayurveda, yoga therapy. Yeah, and we're going to talk about all that. Um, she, um, she says her greatest accomplishment is her family. She's married to Christian, and she has two um, amazing daughters that help her out with what she's doing. They're part of the whole, th and so is your husband, right? He yes. helps out too. Yeah. Yes, he That's actually amazing. certified, and my daughter's in yoga, and I started laughing, but <laughs> That's they're awesome. part of it, and they love it, and it's great. Yeah. You know, and you've been, you know, you've had some of your own struggles and battles like we all do. And, you know, she's lived a great life, but uh, I can't wait to see what got you into what you're doing today and why you're helping so many people. But we, I want to start just, you know, where did you grow up and, you know, a little bit about your family life. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm very humbled to be here. <laughs> I appreciate you taking interest in Absolutely. me and anyone else that has a story. We all have a story. Right. So I'm very happy and humbled to be here. Um, I grew up very happy. I have four brothers and okay. I had a ball. I was the little girl in a tutu and moon boots and my brother's stolen <laughs> Bones Brigade t-shirt. I've seen that <laughs> picture before, tutu and moon boots. <laughs> That's right. It's right. And I think, you know, after three boys, my mom was really excited to get me into ruffles and stuff, but I wanted to wear the Bones Brigade t-shirt. Right. Yeah. So, um, Were you so she kind of has five boys. No, I'm second to youngest. Second to mm -hmm. youngest. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it was it was great, and I think you understand this as well. We had a very different childhood than what kids have today. Yeah. Um, but we played, and we had. There was actually this this time. I think one of the hard a hardship as a kid was I had this over exaggerated sense of self. I think. Okay. Which isn't bad as right. a kid. Yeah. But in about fifth grade, um, I just I I was always wearing something weird. But I loved it. I like. I had to be different. I always right. jumped in with both feet. Still do with everything. And I always did my hair kind of weird, just because I liked it, and no one else yeah. did it. So I thought that's that's fun. So you had a lot of confidence. I I did, but I didn't know that I did. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I think that maybe overconfidence was annoying. And so there was this. <laughs> I I was with my friends at recess, and they started talking about this girl named Julie. Mm -hmm. And there was no Julie at my school, but they kept talking about all these things about Julie that they that you know she had four brothers and. She dressed really weird and all these things that, that were exactly like me. And so I kind of realized before I realized what was going on, kind of trying to be excluded from the group, I could say, you could say, right. I sat there thinking, wow, this Julie sounds awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be friends with this Julie. Right. Where you is know? she? Yeah. And then once I realized that I just didn't fit in all the time, um, I started just hanging out with the boys. And that's where I think that's where I was comfortable is yeah. I played with my brothers and I liked to be rambunctious and playing in the dirt and being kind of rough. I didn't and, like nail polish yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and Madonna, I just didn't. I was in a different, a different scene and right. it was just fun. So I grew up very um, wild. I think just right. rambunctious just and whatever. Did you play free. sports or anything like that? Or actually I, well, ironically I danced for about 14 years Okay, when I was three up through the middle of high school. But, you know, then I'd come home and climb a tree. Well, you, well, your dance teachers probably loved you because you're like, hey, she'll do anything. You're, <laughs> you're, you're going to be in the front. She'll and do what anything. You're doing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. It was fun. But it was a great time. In fact, I'm a big fan of kind of 80s and 90s pop culture. Sure. Like ridiculous. And I saw this. Sometimes I post funny things that I find of memories of when we were kids. And I saw this poster 
And it, the poster is a view from someone standing from the front porch looking at the front yard. And it's a pile of BMX bikes and banana mm-hmm. seat bikes. Right. And the title, the caption says, how we knew where our friends were. Oh, and I wow. thought, I That's miss the so days true. of we are so used to, when we were kids, we had to put ourselves out there. Yeah. We had to research a research paper. We had to go to a library with a Dewey Decimal System and do the work. Yeah. And now kids have this instant gratification. Yeah. They don't know what so it's like. To, they don't, they don't, they're not growing up having to do the work to make yeah. a friend as much as just sitting on their phone. Yeah. So socially, and I think there's a lot of, maybe that's where some anxiety comes in is we don't have the same social cues. Well, know? it's funny you say that. I brought back a lot of memories when you just said, you know, we all were, where the bikes are all piled together. That's yeah. where the friends are. Yeah. And I can see it in my mind yeah. right now for sure. Yep. It's like you're riding your bike and you're like, oh, there they're at, yeah. at the house because there's all the With bikes. With the ace card and the back wheels so it <laughs> yeah. sounded like a motorcycle. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we had to, yeah. we had to put ourselves out there yeah. and we grew up in a day and age where we, we kind of learned to overcome rejection mm-hmm. or we just ring the doorbell and join the club. Right. And I don't think that happens as much anymore. So I think socially it's harder for kids to put this, themselves out there. Right. Just cause they've been trained yeah. with, with what goes on now to do yeah. it differently. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, as you're growing up, obviously very rambunctious and confident and, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, kind of wild and that kind of <laughs> thing. Did you, can you think of, you know, some times where you were struggling though, like as oh, you yeah. got older and can you talk a little bit about some yeah, of those I think challenges? That was part of, I think that was part of my struggle as well as I didn't know that that was overwhelming to people, hmm. even to my parents. You know, I was that kid that would walk into a room when I was five and like step aside. Oh, okay. I'm, you know what I mean? I was, yeah. um, it was annoying, but, <laughs> but you know, that first experience that I mentioned with being excluded, you know, as we grow older, we start to have these experiences that, that close us down mm-hmm. and our personalities start to change and we're not as open and we're not as, maybe we don't feel as free to be ourselves because we've learned to close off a little bit and we've right. learned to back off a little bit. Um, I've had situations in my life where uh, loved ones, family, friends, um, you know, sometimes you get along, sometimes you don't. You have to learn how to go about that. And people that are very close to me that, whether it's rehab or um, situations that they're struggling with, I'm very empathic and it affects me or even sure. decisions that people make that have nothing to do with me but affects me very deeply. Yeah. Um, you know, I've also had to learn how to recognize how to handle that. Yeah. And I learned a lot from my parents about unconditional love because I grew up in a household where no matter what we did, we knew we were loved. Yeah. No matter what we did. And I learned that from my parents on the outside looking in, seeing the friends that they have and the people that they bring home, um, all walks of life. Right. Doesn't matter what color, race, re- religion, anything. And so I just grew up knowing that you're just friends with everybody. That's just yeah. how you should be. Right. So what a great example yeah. and a you know, great way to be, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sure it's, you know, why people even now love you so much. Cause you are that person, well, right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just when I, you know, not everybody, <laughs> just when I met you here, you know, it's like, you're, you're a bundle of energy and you've got this great countenance <laughs> about you and it's, it's actually, you know, you can feel it. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, so as you go through that, I mean, it's challenging. You say you, so what you're saying is you feel really deeply. I do. And so you had to learn how to control that because sometimes if you're feeling, you can, you know, if it's something's bad, you feel it to the right. depths of. And I, I've been at the point where I've been to counseling over situations that have happened mm-hmm. in my life. And that's the greatest thing. I think also when I was a kid, um, I'd hear things that happened to my friends later on. And I think when we were growing up, it was also a day and age of going to counseling was taboo. Mm. or talking about right. it you don't talk about it it's it was taboo and now it's almost like you don't you don't go get help you, right what are, you, what are you what are you thinking yeah so I learned a lot about me and how to handle situations and that's how I found yoga therapy okay. um, I um, when I say I've been teaching for that many years I, I started teaching all different genres genres of fitness I got into yoga probably 13 14 years ago okay um, well teaching actually but I started yoga. I started practicing 18 just, years yeah, ago, just yeah. but I started it, yeah. teaching other types of fitness. But 
uh, yoga helped me. Um, let me back up a little bit. My husband had bought me a, a 10 punch pass to a Bikram studio after I had my first daughter. Oh, okay. And I think he very kindly just knew I needed to get out of right. the house. I didn't know anybody. We were living in Sacramento at the time. And uh, I instantly fell in love with it. I felt great. And I thought that's what yoga was. I didn't know there was any other type of, of style. Yeah, right. Um, and then it kind of opened my eyes to different places and different different styles. And so for me, it's, I started out as a fitness thing because I felt really great. And then when I started going through some struggles and recognized that it was the meditative aspect of it, that that's what I actually needed. And, you know, before you couldn't pay me to go to a restorative class and then something happens in your life where that's all I could do. And that, and I first went to restorative and I thought, wow, this is power yoga. Wow. This is what it is. And even every, in my, you know, my description anyway, is any physical yoga class is a moving meditation. It starts, it begins and ends with the breath. And so that's what yoga is, is learning how to be uncomfortably comfortable. Okay. And learning how to be okay with not being okay or remaining calm in a stressful situation. So that's what helped me. So now fast forward back to when I uh, was first brought to yoga therapy. It was at a time where I was broken and I wasn't, I was closing everyone off and uh, I wasn't recognizing that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. And it helped me realize that I needed, I needed help. Right. And when I found yoga therapy, which is a little deeper, all yoga is therapeutic, but yoga therapy is more about anywhere from deeper structural alignment to specific pranayama or breathing, controlled breathing practices for specific ailments or struggles. Uh, so it's just a little deeper kind of therapy of, of self-soothing. Okay. So when I found that, it opened my world and... Uh, I, that was my next training. I had to do that. And I, and it took about two and a, about two and a half years to finish completely with the clinical hours and everything. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, when I was at a point where I was going to stop teaching yoga because where the yoga world was going, I thought was, was pretty superficial. Um, I hate saying that, but right. there was an uncomfortable space for me for a while. And then I found this and I thought, wow, there are people that are really, really in need of this healing and it's not just a fitness class. Yeah. You know, and that's where my heart. That's kind of one became. of the, the benefits yeah. of it. But the whole purpose isn't mm-hmm. to just get in shape. Right. And right? the physical benefit of yoga is the icing to the cake that is the breath. Okay. Like so that. that's the, that's why people feel so great. I think after a class is they're utilizing their breath in a different way. And on a chemical molecular level, um, you can actually teach your brain to not produce as much cortisol. You don't need the fight or flight mode right? when you don't need it. When you don't but need we're just it, on right. autopilot all the time. Yeah. So our brain may tell our body what to do, but our breath tells our brain what to do first. So that's what we learn. Those okay. self-soothing techniques instead of automatically going for your vice, whatever right. that may be, that yeah. it seems easier because it's a tangible substance. It's going to do something. Yeah. And Breath work seems like, well, that's just breathing. It's not going to do anything. Right. But I actually calling it taking your meditation every day. Wow. You know, you wake up in the I morning, like take your meditation, uh-huh. and there you go. Yeah. Do you start off your day doing your own thing like that? I do. I don't have a regimen of, you know, every day at this time I do this. Okay. Especially because my schedule is different all the time. But every single day I take, I take that time. You take that time. Whether yeah. it's at home or when I'm in my studio by myself with movement and breath. And, you know, if, if you don't put your own oxygen mask on first, yeah, you're, you're depleting yourself be, yeah. to be able to give to others. And then that's where you start to feel wow. overwhelmed Very and depleted. Well and so, and it's not about, you know, so much of yoga sometimes can be about the me. Yeah. Can be about creating a better you for yourself and the, and the I and the me. But I look at it so differently where yes, you need to start with that. You need to love yourself and embrace yourself and be your best friend and take care of yourself in order to be that vessel for someone else. Mm, very so, well said. Yeah. That's how I view it. Well, so, you know, I like, you know, what you said is, you know, you have to take care of yourself first because if we're always helping other people and not working on ourselves, it drains us. Yes. We, you know, we feel low energy when we're doing that. Uh-huh. But when we first take care of ourselves, then we can give away. Yeah. And we feel energized when we do that. 
Absolutely. Is that what you were saying? Yes. There? Yeah. Yes. You feel good when you help someone else. For sure. But you feel depleted when that's all you're doing and yeah. you're not taking that time for you. Yeah. And that's a that's a vicious cycle that we can get into. Or uh <clears throat> you know, one of the meditations that I personally really love is called Vipassana. And it's more of the meditation of reality. So most people say, Oh, I tried meditation, but it doesn't work. Well, there's lots of meditations, right? It's like saying, well, I can eat this strawberry and I really love it. My brain registers as good. So I salivate and want more, Right. but you may eat that strawberry and break out in hives or allergic to it or spit it out. Not like the taste. It's yeah. the same substance. Sure. Yeah. Two different reactions. Okay. So it's just, you just, maybe the meditation you tried wasn't for you. So the one that one of many, especially breathing techniques with meditation that I love is this Vipassana that it's about focusing on reality rather than the thought process of leaving everything away and becoming this clear, calm mind. Good luck to you. That's, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm that's really ha happy for you if you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a quick story to explain. is a, a mother and three sons and she has, she sends a first son to market with a jar to get oil. He comes home, trips over a rock, breaks the jar. There's oil everywhere. He gets so mad at that rock. So she sends a second son, <laughs> does the same thing. He breaks the jar, oil everywhere, and he runs and hides, ashamed and embarrassed. Mm -hmm. So she sends the third son, and he does the same thing. But he takes a moment, and he takes the rock off the trail, moves it, cleans up the pieces, brings them back to his mother, and says, this happened. I'm sorry this happened, but right. what can I do to fix it? Mm, that thought process is Vipassana. Oh, and that's, okay. that story's in the book of Vipassana. Oh, is it? So, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing way to approach an uncomfortable situation it's just to say all right it's here it's happening i'm starting to feel this and once you're aware of what's happening physically is when you start to take your meditation yeah, i love that. right instead of your medication take oh, your meditation wow. not the medication's bad it's right. needed in many instances sure sure i'm not anti-medication by any means yeah but you know learning how to self-soothe we're not taught that we're right. not taught we're taught how to read how to tie our shoes as kids, how to do the math, but we're not taught how exactly. to self-soothe. I love that. As you're saying this, because in the world I, I'm in with the addiction, yeah. uh, people struggling with that, yeah. with that story you just shared, you know, that, that you know, the first kid blames the rocks, so right. they're playing, so now they're the victim, it's the right. rock's fault. Yep. The second person ran away, they're, they're shameful of their actions. Right. And the third person just took accountability is kind yeah. of where I was going in my head. Is that yes. kind of accurate? Yes, and it takes a while to get yeah to be that third person right. yes. <laughs> to own it and say, you know what? And even if you didn't do it, even if yeah. it's something that happened to you, that a, a, a choice that someone made mm -hmm. that severely affects your life, yeah, that is something you have to deal with. Yeah. And you can place blame and be angry your whole life. Yeah. That later manifests into ulcers or right. tight muscles or exactly. addiction, whatever it is. Yeah. Or you could blame yourself and become in your hole, yeah. you know, in a depression. Yeah. And so it takes a while. I mean, even this past week, I've had some things in my life that I've been in tears over just yeah. learning. It's not like I have it all together. Sure. And I heaven forbid those that say that they do. Right. You know, I feel like, you know, I don't teach because I've got it all together. I teach because I'm constantly practicing and learning this as for myself. For sure. Yeah. To you're, share you're it because I need learning. it. Yep. Anyone who grew up with me probably laughs that I'm a yoga instructor because <laughs> I'm a spaz. Right. My mind's in 50 places all the time. Right. So if you know me well, it's actually kind of comical. But <laughs> I that's why it. I do it yeah. because I'm one of those people that needs it the most. Yeah. Wow. That's that's awesome. And I think I think we go through those struggles to that kind of leads us to our purpose in life to give back and help yeah. others. Um, I want to jump back a little bit in your story Please. where you 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 were there was a time in your life where you said you felt broken yes broken can we talk about that for a minute please yeah. so what was what was it was it just a was it a a series of things that had happened in your life that led up to feeling that way or did something happen if you you know if you're comfortable sharing that with us absolutely there are two two situations that took place and i'll focus on the physical one okay there was an emotional broken that happened that Someone made a decision that I'm very close to, mm -hmm. um, that I was heartbroken for them. Right. And because of that decision that was made, I was hurt for a long time. Yeah. And even yeah. though it wasn't me, 
Right. Nothing, you know, it, but it's someone I you just, cared about. I was someone I cared about sure. and I needed to learn how to, how to handle that. And at the same time, ironically, I found out about my heart defect. So, um, that was a, a physical broken and I can testify to this day uh-huh. that emotional heartbreak takes a lot longer to heal than physical heartbreak. Yeah. Cause you've been through both at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Wow. <laughs> So, uh, is that, is that kind of where, yeah. where you're going? So, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, I found out I had atrial septal defect and I was in my early thirties when I found that out to the point where the surgeon looked at my husband and said, you're lucky she has two kids and not eating through a straw. Wow. Um, really? Obviously it was something I was born with. My septum mm-hmm. was in two pieces. So mm-hmm. my blood was intermixing, not knowing that was happening. So I had a dev- device put in and then just over the years, I, just had more complications with my heart to the point where right. uh, so severely I it was best to take the device out. So that's what happened. I had open heart surgery three years ago and it changed me in so many ways because physically being quote young, I was 40 mm-hmm. and it was just supposed to be an easy recovery. And I had the best surgeon on the planet to this day, a dear friend right. of mine. Yeah. And, you, you know, we, I just didn't know how I was going to react to it. And so he held my hand every step of the way. And, you know, my body just uh, didn't recover very well. So it took a lot longer to go through that recovery process. Um, but it didn't hurt nearly as much as emotional heartbreak that I've been through. Yeah. Um, I can say that. Yeah. But then through the physical progression through my recovery, there were a couple of days where my girls were coming home and going downstairs without coming to see me. Mm. And I was, our living room looked like a, like a hospital. Right. I was living in a recliner. I looked gray and I was a hundred years old. I mean, it was, it was awful. Yeah. And, uh, my husband cared for me like a six month old baby. Yeah. You know, he was everything for me. And in my mind, I'm thinking, where are the girls? Yeah. Who, who is bringing me snacks and rubbing my feet, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so we talked to them and I learned so much as a mother and about myself because I had to put myself back in their shoes as a, as a young yeah. girl and realize that we expect, we have high expectations of kids, yeah. of teenagers. And I, what I expected them to do is something an adult would probably do. Or, right. or think to do. Yeah. And I had to remember they're scared. Right. They don't want to be anywhere near something that's uncomfortable. Sure. And it was a great learning opportunity for me. Um, also physically being able to say, I can't do that anymore. And for years, there were lots of things, especially as a yoga teacher. I actually had a yoga, another yoga teacher say in front of me once, well, who teaches yoga that can't do inversions? And I thought, me. Yeah. I raised my hand. And, and I said, like, oh. just because you can't do everything doesn't mean that you don't have right. ability or that you don't, you're not educated. So I knew my body well enough yeah. and I did what I could do. Instead of focusing right. on what I can't, I focus on what I can. What you can. Yeah. And so I teach that now because there's got to be someone else in the room yeah. that um, I started doing arm balances because my head was on the same level as my heart. And I gotcha. could do those. I could yeah. do that to, to progress farther. Mm-hmm. So as I'm recovering from this physical um, hardship... I'm still kind of realizing my body's different, but it's great. I think if I were 20, it would be really frustrating because I want to be back to where I was right now. For sure, yeah. But at 40 at the time, I thought, I can feel again. Right. And I really feel emotionally and physically, you need to be able to feel to heal. Mm. You know, back to that ownership. If you're not allowing yourself to feel, even stages of grief, if you're not saying, yeah, if you're not saying this is awful, and learning how to deal with that in a healthy way, you're 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 not going to heal from it. Wow, that's very. Then well thirty said. years later, yeah, it manifests as something physical or mental. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it taught me a lot of different things, um, just to be patient. Yeah. And say, I do, I really don't care that I can't do that right now. Sure. In fact, I've I've read long ago that you know it doesn't matter, you know, no one's changed the world by putting their ankle over their head. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But people have changed the world by being kind. Right. And beautiful and yeah, sharing their joy. 
Yeah, if I put my ankle over my right. head, I would be. You'd be taking me to the hospital. Uh, I'm so tight. Right, right. But uh, but that's that's a very good point. You know, you know. I think we take for granted how powerful compassion, yeah. kindness, love is. Mm-hmm. You know, versus oh, you can do all that. You must be amazing. Versus oh, this is one of the kindest, nicest, loving people I've ever met. That should be what right means more than anything. Right. And that's what's hard even with social media, you know, with what I do for a living, it's a double-edged sword, is I yeah. would rather die than post a picture of myself. Oh, you know what? I'm At the same right time, that's you. that's what yeah. shows people what to, what, what you can doing. do or what we're yeah. doing. And it's it's a very, that's an, that's a, an uncomfortable place for me. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm stepping through is saying, okay, I can be comfortably uncomfortable <laughs> and people that don't like me, that's okay. Not that's everyone's okay. going to like you. Sure. And that's sure. okay. Yeah. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I want to share more of the healing aspect uh, rather than putting an angle over your head. Well, you talk about helping people, you know, help themselves live a fuller life. Yeah. How, how would you describe that? What does that mean to live a fuller life? Living a fuller life. Um, well, I think going back to sometimes there's a fear of being honest and a fear right. of being open. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that podcasts such as yours, as your own and the mm-hmm. people that you've interviewed and we have all this information now that the more we share, the more it, it validates and helps other people say, wow, I'm not alone. Right. That That's happened to me too. And so you don't feel like you're lost in this place, but but coming to a place where you can learn the tools to say, <clears throat> it's not about how I look. It's not about what you wear. Yeah. You know, it's not about, you don't walk into a room and see everyone in a $500 yoga outfit. It's not right. about that. Yeah. It's, it's coming in and, and anywhere you go, anywhere you go, you should feel comfortable. Yeah. And being able to say, I'm here for me. Mm-hmm. I'm here to heal. I'm here to learn. I'm not here to be compared. Right. And that, and that's sometimes that's a mental game. Sure. Cause you'd be surprised yeah. Walking yeah. into a room with people that you judge. Right. <laughs> and then you get to know them and, and they're all there for the same reasons. Yeah. So is it, especially in the yoga yoga world, it's very easy to place judgment. Yeah. Um, for instance, I have a dear friend who she is very thin and people tell her that all the time. And she says, if they knew how much I'm struggling, my body doesn't, I, I cannot put on weight yeah. and I have a, I have an actual disorder. And she says, no one would go to someone that's struggling with their weight in the, on the opposite side Mm -hmm. and say anything to them. Right. So we just have to be really careful knowing that, that everyone, no matter where they are in life, everyone has a story. Yep. Everyone needs to, when you're trying to live a full life, it's a balance of everything. It's, you know, trying to find who your people are. My friend just said to me the other day, she said, Elise, I love that you can, try and embrace this quote of let your freak flag fly so your friends can find you. Right. <laughs> and that, that really, I'm kind of that person. I'm a quirky person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 um, but it's really important to live a fuller life. And a lot of that comes down to the choices you make. Yeah. It's not always about, and this is, I'm saying this to myself as well, sure. because I can easily get down on things I hear. Right. Yeah. Or, uh, situations that, that happen or what people say that I, that I hear that puts me down. Yeah. I just have to say, you know what? That person must be really struggling to say that out loud about anybody. Right. And, um, and just try not to take it on your own, but it's hard to say, okay, yeah. Back to that ownership It is and to live a fuller life and be able to say, all right, I want, I'm going to add this, I'm going to add this and just, and I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say this. I have quite a few clients that are under the age of 14. Oh wow! That are learning okay. that are that are having that are having anxiety, that are having a hard time at school, that are learning self-soothing tools. Um, if they're at school, they can implement some of these techniques, and no one knows they're doing that. Yeah, they're learning how to self-soothe. But I think that's part of this day and age is they don't have practice. They don't have getting it. themselves out yeah. there and throwing their bike on the lawn and just ringing the doorbell and seeing who's there. Exactly. And they, it's a different. It's it's a very you know, as, as social media has grown and is so good in so many ways, it's also very closed off. Yeah. And there's a big, you know, there's movement of, we hear a lot about putting up boundaries. Right. 
And that's great. And that's important. But I also like to think about, you know, the more boundaries we put up, the more we're also closing ourselves off. That if we could just open a window, your walls are still there. Right. But opening a window to maybe a new idea, you don't have to expose. Sure. You have to be there, you know, but just, you know, being okay with not being okay. Yeah. No, no, that's beautifully (laughs) said. And I want to get into more here in just a minute uh, about your, you know, Utah Yoga and Wellness Center. Okay. But let's go. I just want to ask you one more question around this is that, you know, you you felt you felt broken because of, you know, emotionally and physically Mm -hmm. um, at the same time. And you were struggling. Was there a point as you moved forward where you realized you weren't broken? Or did you ever get to that point where you're like, man, I figured that out. I'm not broken kind of thing. Yes. Thank you for asking. I I think, and you say not ever be broken. I, you know, I think scars are always there. Sure. You know, and we can heal from those things and we can, we'll we'll remember things, but learning to heal from those things in a healthy way, we don't have to be angry anymore. And that's the whole benefit is to not hold on to that anger. Right. Um, Part of, I mean, you mentioned, you know, we have this logo of the Phoenix with yeah. positive transformation. And that's what it's about is sometimes you have to burn to emerge yeah, and be able to say, okay, I'm down in this hole. I'm down in this place, but this is really good for me. And there's, you know, spiritually, I'm a very spiritual person and I feel mm-hmm. like, and this is going to sound odd, but I'm just going to say, <laughs> it, say it, that yeah. there are times when I have felt personally that when I'm not struggling with anything, that's actually when I worry that I think things are, Mm. things are too good. I'm pretty complacent. (laughs) Right. You know, and not that you want terrible things to happen. Right. You don't, but it's through those things that have helped me to grow. In fact, there's a quote that I've memorized that I say this quite often and it's by Joseph Campbell. Okay. And he says, there was a time in Nietzsche's life. It's called, if you bring love, he says there was a time in Nietzsche's life where the idea came to him of what he called the love of your fate. Whatever your fate is, whatever happens, you say, this is what I need. It may look like a wreck, but you go at it as though it were an opportunity or a challenge. If you bring love to that moment, not discouragement, you can find the strength is there. Any disaster that you can survive is an improvement in your character, your stature, and your life. What a privilege. This is the time when when your your natural spontaneity has a a chance to grow. Mm -hmm. Then looking back at your life, the times that seem like failure followed by wreckage are the incidents that shape the life you have now. So even though you may look back and say, this was really hard. Right. And you know, you could possibly say that nothing that happens to you is, is always negative. Right. Because how you go about it is positive. Yeah. And that's the, that's that's that, that's that transformation of being Mm -hmm. able to say, yeah, you know, I need to bring love to this moment, not discouragement and say, if, if I'm going through this, God's paying attention. Yeah. He knows I'm better than this. He knows that I, in order for me to grow, I need to be in pain a little bit. I, right. need, I need to heal and, yeah. and build up that scar tissue to be stronger. Sure. And just like a toddler, you know, if you always pick them up and never let them walk, they never would. They never would. You have to watch them fall down. Mm-hmm. You have to watch them get bruises on their head. Yep. And then one day they get it yep. and they start walking. Yep. So it's, I feel that a lot spiritually is yeah. it's Love not that, that it's not that God's not paying attention. It's yeah. that's actually when he is. Yeah. So that is so beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about your, um, your, uh, Utah yoga and wellness center. Tell okay. us how, you, why you started that and give us some background on what you do there. Okay. So I, um, at the time it's only been about a year and a half and I've, I had people asking me about yoga therapy and right. So it was really just to do yoga, bring yoga therapy to our area. And then someone suggested, you know, why don't, why don't you just have a yoga studio? And, you know, they <laughs> right. come and go. At the time it was a small town. Uh-huh. And I thought I would rather poke my eyes out with spoons <laughs> than run a business. <laughs> really? Honestly, like I, it, nope, that's just not, that's <laughs> right. not for me. Uh-huh. But then I decided, you know, this would be, this could be really great for our valley. And a lot of people wanted it. And, and so I put it out there and I'd had the website for five years before that. Oh, really? You know, it was Utah Yoga and mm. Wellness. It was just an information site on what was going on where with wellness right. industry. And so once I made it a brick and mortar, I put it out there, social media, and literally within two days, 
people came that I classes were I mean that I never even intended. Right. So it kind of took on it's a whole new animal on its own. Yeah. Where I said, Yeah, That's that great. sounds great. Hey, that sounds yeah. great. So I didn't have to beg anybody. I called a couple people for specific classes. Everyone else just said, I would love to be a part of this. Can I do it? Can I be there? And so it's just been this togetherness um accumulation. It's been really great, this tribe that's there. And yeah. <laughs> when we opened, you know, is there's that scary day of what's going to happen. And, uh, one woman I will never forget. And she's there quite often. Mm -hmm. She came to me and she said, she kind of patted on the desk and she said, okay, I want to buy a membership. I said, okay, well maybe, maybe start with a class pass. You know, <laughs> you've, you've never been here. I'm not here to yeah. push a sale on you. Sure. You know, let's just, <laughs> let's kind of ease into it. And she said, and she looked at me and she said, I lost my daughter a year ago and I've been homebound ever since. And she says, I'm here to make friends. Wow. That's what it's for. That's why we're there. It's not a, it's not a certain group of people that all know each other and that's where they stay. It's different people all the time. And it's people that aren't afraid to meet new people. And it's a wonderful cultivating place of um, healing and right. Some people are there for exercise. That's their healing. Yeah. Some people are there just to get away from their kids. That's their healing. Yeah. Whatever it is. And even in a, like a power vinyasa class, there'll be someone in child pose sitting almost the whole time. And that's just, that was their, just that's their yoga. Needed, and yeah. no teacher there is going to come to them and say, oh no, no, lift your leg. This is what we're doing. <laughs> right. It's no, you know, you're not, I, I actually don't like when people say to me or anyone else, you know, you're a healer because I feel that's, that's God's job or your job. Yeah. And I just say, yeah. you know, our job as teachers, and I say this on my teacher trainings, I say, you know, just be careful because, yeah. because it's important that, that people are not there for us. We're there for them. And our job is to create a space for them to find, to heal. Yeah. And, Love that. you know, and, and of course you, you know, build rapport with your, with different personalities, different teachers and things like that. And that's important, but they're there for them. Yeah. I so, love that. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we I say that all the time, and what we do too is, you know, we don't fix anybody. Yeah, you'll fix yourself. Right. You'll learn to fix yourself. Right. We'll walk the walk with you, but you have to walk the walk. Right. Eventually, yeah. you take the training wheels off, and, and it's all you. And they are yeah. riding strong. That's so, beautiful. Yeah. So where is it located? Where are you guys? We're at? in Midway on Midway, Midway Main Street. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. It's beautiful up it's there. It's fun. Huh? We love it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I bet you do. It's changing very rapidly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's in a, you know, it's yeah. There's pros and cons to everything, but the only permanent is change, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good thing. <laughs> it's true. a good thing. We love yeah. it. Midway's, it's a wonderful place. So you have a, 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 is it a daily mantra that you live by? You know, I do. <laughs> I tell, do. Tell and us I what don't that always, is and why. Okay. It's laugh every day. Okay. Laughter is just as healing as a good cry. As, as, I, as I hit the blind over here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <cry>. <laughs> That's good. I, I'm, I like to laugh. Uh -huh. My husband and I like to laugh. We like to laugh. Right. Um, there's times when, you know, my, my really close friends and my husband know that there's times when I'm not laughing and I struggle and I'm human Yeah. and I have no problem as a mother apologizing to my girls for acting inappropriately or saying something that I've apologized for. I've never been a mom before. Yeah. I've never been through this before. I don't yeah. think that just because I'm your parent, everything I say is right. Right. So quite often I have to apologize and go back and, and humble myself and say, you know, I, I'm sorry for behaving that way or for reacting that way. Yeah. And because I'm empathic, I'm a reactor. I tend to, um, you know, you'll, you'll get the real me no matter what. If, yeah. if I'm, if, you know, if I've been betrayed, which I have been, and I think we all have, if, you know, a friend has hurt us or whatever it is, yeah. I'm not the person that's going to hug and kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I will, I will have a little bit of a, a distance for a while. It takes sure. me some time. It yeah. takes me some time. Okay. And that's good. Yeah. And that's when I'm not laughing. But then, you know, you can look back and laugh at things and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, that's part of my healing. That's part of yeah, what I it is, that. is just to one day be able to look back and say, yeah, I, I did that or <laughs> that happened. And, and now it's just kind of funny table conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. a great mantra. I love it. Yeah. I love laughing too. That's one yeah. of my favorite things to do. It's healing. I love it. It is. Well, so if someone's listening to this right now, Elise, that's, you know, maybe struggling, you know, not sure, you know, what they can do to help themselves or 
what advice could you give someone that might be hearing this right now that's going, man, I don't, I'm just struggling? Um, it's easy to say, it's very easy to say mm-hmm. um, that it'll get better. It's easy to say, you know, find the courage in yourself, and it, but it's very hard to do. Easier yeah. said than done. Right. I, would, I would say, you know, take your meditation, even if it's five minutes Love a that. day. Five yeah. minutes a day for yourself, and and actually one of the one of the descriptions of meditation is connecting with your divinity. Okay. So whatever that is, if it's nature, yeah. if it's God, and and for me that's when I pray, and okay. even in the quiet, that's when sometimes in my classes I say this, where even in the quiet and the stillness, notice the name or thought that comes to your mind, and act on it. Okay. If a person comes to your mind. Maybe you should stop by or text them today or call them today. Yeah. Be that vessel. You now you're you know, you just taken your oxygen mask. Yeah. And now okay. because you've taken yeah. some time on your own in the quiet, in the stillness, to let that healing take place, that's when actually you can feel things happen and ideas right. can come. Um I've had a time in my life, go back a little bit, where I have been, you know, I I feel like I've been very supportive and accepting people of all walks of life. Sure. And there was a time where a friend that I had known for two years, this was when I was down, I was teaching in Salt Lake and I was going to classes down there quite often. Uh, someone walked into class and started talking to me. Mm-hmm. And so this, you know, this friend of mine said, Oh, you know, Elise, how do you know her? She says, Oh, we were in the same church, you know, back in whatever. And she looks at me and mentioned my religion. And she says, like, you're Mormon. And I said, yeah. And she literally, we were in yoga and she picked up her mat and walked over the other side of the room. Are you serious? And so I'm sitting there. It was the weirdest. Yeah. And we'd been friends for two years. She lives a completely opposite lifestyle of me. Mm -hmm. And I have completely loved her. Right. I mean, no, no problems, no issues whatsoever. Yeah. But I was the one rejected. So that whole class, that whole day or that hour, I just was sobbing. That would have been tough, yeah. And I, it, I felt really hurt. And I just walked up to her after class, and I, I had said, you know, really, yeah. And kind of snarky. This sounds yeah. a little snarky because I am a little reactive. But, yeah. <laughs> but I try to be kind. I, you know, I, and you know, gentleness is power. Yeah. Right. But even power yoga is not about pushing. Yeah. Sometimes it's about putting your knees down and saying. The power is listening to my body and saying, I'm not ready for that right now. That's power. So I was gentle and I said, Mm. I I just said, you know, I've never said a word Mm -hmm. or rejected anybody. Like, I don't understand. And she just said, you know, you should have told me. And I thought, so like being rejected from my religion was very, very hurtful. Sure. And so, you know, I'm on this other side of this, this fence, I guess. So I thought, well, who's, who's open-minded? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, right. I don't get where that came from. So even that, you know, a, a social situation Yeah. that, um, that wasn't anything, you know, it wasn't like I had some huge issue or problem that was taking place, but that was a hurtful thing to, to go through, to be able to just say, okay, I'm struggling with this. And she was obviously struggling with something. And we were struggling, but we yeah. couldn't work through it together. So we had to do that on our own. And to this day, I haven't seen her. Oh, but wow. I just feel like um, roundabout way of answering that with all these different <laughs> analogies is, you know, you win some, you lose some. Right. My husband taught me that. Yeah, that's you're not, true. Not, you're not, not everyone's going to like you, and that's okay. Yeah. And to be able to just to, to say, you know, just walk away. Or it's okay to lose some some friendships. That's really hard. It is tough. It is very hard, especially when you feel like you don't deserve it. Well, and what I've learned too is that that's more about that other person than right. you. They're going right. through something. But you're right. still the person yeah. that has to yeah. deal to with f- deal with it. To deal with that. <laughs> sure. And um anyway, it's kind of that was kind of a personal situation, but I love her. Yeah. Sure. I love her and I love my my God and yeah. I just have to say I did everything I could. If I can yeah. actually look back on any situation sure. and say I did everything I could, then that's all you can do. Yeah. And to not beat yourself up over it. And to just uh actually I learned this from my mother. The only 
responsibility that we have in this world is to love mm. no matter what. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's not our jobs to fix things. It's not our, it, it's not my job or your job to fix someone that's broken. Yeah. They come to you for tools, yep. but they have to do that work. They have to be the one to stand back up after getting bruised and exactly. you know, bumped on the head. And, yeah. and, um, our only job is to love. And, you know, we've heard that phrase a lot where sometimes the hardest people to love are the ones that need it the most. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, it, it can be hard true. when we're the ones that are also hurting Yeah. because you're being rejected when you're trying to show that love. Yeah. And there's just, there's really nothing you can do. Yeah. So that's where, again, you can take your meditation uh-huh. and say, okay, I, I've yeah. got to be okay with me. Yeah. And just know that I love them. Right. And whether they believe that or not, that's, it has to be up to them. Yeah. So, so um, why do you love simplicity so much? Because it's not complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that obvious? The most yeah. obvious reason? <laughs> yeah. Well, I really stood out to me when I, when I read that about you. And I thought, wow, because I love that too. Yeah. Because, you know, people I'm working with, they overcomplicate it in their minds. Like, and I'm like, oh man, no, it's actually yeah. pretty simple. Right. So I it's wanted to hear your this. take on it. Yeah. Um, I'll s- <laughs> well, I'll go back on this a little bit. I, you know, being kind of a, a tomboy a little <laughs> bit, um, I became a river guide right out, right out of high school. Okay. I'd never been on the river before. I just thought that sounds fun. So I was that wild you again. It was it was (laughs) the best time of my life. I met my closest friends, Mm -hmm. and that's where I met my husband. My daughter's actually there, and yeah, and um, it was a a great time. And I learned that I was happier with nothing. We'd be Mm. out there weeks at a time. Everything I owned fit in two milk crates, right, in the back of my car, (laughs) and it was actually, especially after a few years, you know, several seasons of river guiding coming back to go to school at the U um, or, or anywhere coming back right. to reality, you know, even wearing socks or, you know, yeah. <laughs> having going to get a job and going to the grind. It was, it was a, it's a difficult yeah. transition because there's just so much joy in being simple and yeah. so much joy in not having so much going on all the time. And of course, I mean, who doesn't have this reality of waking up every day and having to make a living Yeah. or having, or you have a family to take care of or you have yeah. something on your mind that needs that, you know, your goals that need to be met. Yeah. So it's, you know, again, it's easy to say, Oh, let's just go live on the river for four months. <laughs> right. But when you do that, you gain a love for simplicity and nature. And for me, it was building my own faith that okay. fake it till you make it confidence. Sure. And it was also, I had to depend, I, I was in a position that I had to pray. I, there were situations where I couldn't depend on anyone else but myself and my, and my higher power. And that gave me strength. It gave me confidence. And unless I was put in a situation that was uncomfortable, I never would have learned that. If I was always yeah, comfortable, sure. always just flying through life where things were going my way, I wouldn't have learned. I wouldn't have built that testimony. I wouldn't right. have built that strength yeah. and character. Yeah. And so I really, um, you know, your choices make a big difference. And sure. again, how we go about viewing hardships in our life and some are not, are not easy. And it's right. things you have to deal with the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, especially being very sensitive to those that very terrible things happen to them and they're left with this memory or yeah. they're left with a situation for the rest of their life. It's uh, being able to to look at that and say, how can I see this positive transformation in this? Yeah. And my answer to that would be sharing your story. Yeah. Or being able to say, love it. Or being able to say, you know, I'm not I'm not hiding in a hole because I'm or or I'm I'm out of my depression or I'm out of like whatever whatever happened to me, I got help and I I overcame this huge feat. And it'll always be there. That'll always be a part of who I am. But it's no longer it no longer takes root. Gotcha. I've been able to kind of pull those roots and not allowing it to grow. Wow. Love so. it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that part. Yeah. That was awesome. Well, if someone wanted to reach out to you and ask you a question or, you know, get to know a little bit about more what you do and also the Utah Yoga and Wellness, give us like maybe your website and then what okay. would be a good way for them to reach out to you? Great. Well, our information's on the website, so it's utahyogaandwellness.com. Okay. And my number's 
my number is right on there. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. And the email yeah. is there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would love to, um, I, I love to help people not only because to share tools, but they end up helping me a lot more. Sure. So I learn a lot from other people. Right. So by someone contacting me for help, it's almost selfish to say, well, yeah, because I'm going to learn something from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I think about, you know, this, sometimes you see a tiny little flower that's growing through concrete and you think, how on earth did that happen? Yeah. And if it pushed in one day, it would have killed itself. Yeah. But every single day, pushing through something 10,000 times its weight, yeah. it eventually Yeah, I think, that, I think there's a so, Tupac quote around that. Is like, yeah. <laughs> totally is. Yeah, the Tupac, rose that yeah. grew through concrete. Yep, Yeah. yep, Tupac. Yeah, good there old Tupac. There you go, good yeah. old Tupac. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> bring in the rap. <laughs> yep. Yeah, bring in the rap. Bring in the rap. Well, yeah, th- I, I can't thank you enough, honestly. Yeah. It's been my honor to have you on here. You, I love the way you live your life. I, I know you're not perfect. Not one but, bit. But you really, I love the your philosophy and how you handle things and what you've been through. And that's originally why I reached out to you because I just, I wanted people to hear your story. I wanted to learn more about you as well. Thank you. So thank you so much for taking the time and, you know, spending some time with us and, and letting us yes. be inspired by what you do. Well, thank you for your story because yeah, I think there's thousands of people even more than that, that could, that could say that you helped heal them mm-hmm. well, and thanks. that at least, I mean, by sharing your story, maybe they made a phone call yeah, or maybe they reached out to somebody yeah, or maybe they actually talked about it. Yeah. So I appreciate you well, a lot. That's well, really that means great. a lot. Thank you yeah. so much, Elise. Yeah. Well, there you go, Thank folks. You. Yeah. What an amazing story. I'm, oh man, I love this. I, I feel so grateful and honored to be able to sit in front of great people like Elise and And there you go again. Um, Please share this with anyone that you know. And again, thank you so much for believing in me and your support. It's been just overwhelmingly fantastic. It just blows my mind that's where we're at today, but it couldn't couldn't be possible without you. So Elise Jones, the founder of uh, Utah Yoga and Wellness, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much, Tom.